everyone, and welcome to Feed That Nation. My name is Natalie Nation, and I'm a graduate student, I'm a future registered dietitian, I'm a health educator, a content creator, and a self-proclaimed mac and cheese expert. I create content here on Feed That Nation all about college life, college health, and college wellness, with the goal of helping you, my fellow college students, to be more successful, more confident, and more healthy in your student journey. I upload podcasts here to YouTube and to your favorite podcast listening platforms on Wednesdays, and I upload vlogs on Saturdays. Don't forget to go follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation, and go check out my blog, FeedThatNation.com. Also, don't forget to check out my affiliate partner, Coconut Whisk. Coconut Whisk is a Minnesota-based, allergy-friendly, gluten-free, and vegan baking mix company based right here in Minnesota, and I talk about them all the time on this podcast because... Well, they're my only affiliate partner at the moment, so I kind of have to, but also I absolutely love their products. I just get so much joy out of making them. They're so easy to make. They're so good. I have yet to try a coconut whisk product that I did not like, so I want you guys to be able to try them out too so that you can love them as much as I do. I have a coupon code for you. If you use FeedThatNation on CoconutWhisk.com, you get 15% off your order at checkout, and I receive a small commission, so truly everybody wins in this scenario. Go check out Coconut Whisk. So I want to talk about a topic today that's not very fun, but it definitely falls under the realm of health education and talking about college life, health, and wellness. And I wanted to talk about college drinking culture and alcohol in college and just spew some facts about alcohol and about drinking. And before I begin the episode itself, I want to first address that I'll be talking about alcohol, I'll be referencing other substances, and I'll be discussing, not in gory detail, but I will be discussing mental health and addiction. So if these are topics that make you feel unsafe or uncomfortable to listen to at this time, I would encourage you not to watch or listen to this podcast. If you or someone you know are struggling with substance abuse or addiction, I will leave resources down below, and I will be leaving a lot of different resources down below for where I'm getting this information and how I'm bringing it to you. I want you guys to have the information, and as a graduate student, it is important to cite your sources, even if they're not cited in perfect AMA format. I also wanted to give the disclaimer that I am a white, well-educated, petite young woman, and my discussion of this topic is obviously coming from that lens, and I don't want to presume to speak for other people's experiences, particularly people who do struggle with substance abuse or addiction or alcoholism. That is not something that I have ever struggled with, but I do have friends and loved ones who do, and so I don't want to misrepresent myself here. And also, I do want to say that I am not a medical professional. I am not a healthcare professional. And even if I was, I am not your healthcare professional. And so nothing I say here on this podcast should be considered medical advice. This is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please seek out individualized healthcare for your individualized needs. Talking about alcohol and especially talking about drinking culture on college campuses is really interesting because it's kind of like a perfect storm, really, because college students, traditionally aged college students, about 18 years old, coming to college, moving on to campus for the first time, first time living away from parents, first time having freedom, and that coincides with the fact that a lot of college social life and social events, so sporting events, Greek life, parties, things like that, All of that comes with the presumption that there will be large amounts of alcohol present at the party or the event, and that pretty much everybody at the party will be drinking it and drinking a lot of it. 
And this is just sort of a piece of college culture that personally I was never really excited about or never really into. And I would say I was even a bit naive in presuming that most people did not drink. But in reality, we know that four out of five or about 80% of college students between the ages of 18 and 22 do drink alcohol. And so it's just kind of a fact. Whether or not it is legal in America, it is happening and it is happening a lot. And I think we talk about the dangers of alcohol and a lot of the alcohol kind of interventions that exist. Now I'm getting my public health hat on. But when we talk about a lot of interventions that are trying to prevent people from drinking underage or prevent people from driving drunk or prevent people from making less than educated decisions about alcohol in their bodies, we sort of miss the point that people drink alcohol for very valid reasons. Because alcohol is a chemical that serves as a central nervous system suppressant or a depressant in our bodies. And what that does is it basically relaxes us. It slows things down. It slows things down like our reflexes, our thought processes, the things that we use to make decisions and use critical thinking skills, and our inhibitions. The things that we're afraid of are lowered when we consume alcohol. And for that reason, alcohol can be a lot of fun because people who drink at parties, are ten, they tend to be more relaxed. They tend to be happier. They tend to be less worried. And... People drink because it feels good. That kind of thing can feel very good to some people. And I definitely wanted to start this podcast by saying that people don't drink because it's not fun. People drink because it's enjoyable. And I think that's a really valid reason to drink, honestly. You know, we're all in our own bodies making our own decisions. And if we're deciding to do something that feels good, that's a decision that we're just going to make for ourselves, whether or not it is legal. I also want to point out that a lot of people who struggle with social anxiety tend to feel more relaxed at parties and feel like they can talk to people when they've had a drink or two or more. And I think that's really valid too. And even going further than that, people a lot of times, especially college students, because there are a lot of undiagnosed mental health issues in college students, a lot of students will self-medicate with alcohol as their substance, kind of the same way people might self-medicate with caffeine or nicotine. It's just something people do. You're adding a substance to your body because it makes you feel a certain way. And in some cases, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think most people, at least I think this is a pretty common experience where you have a really bad day, you just really have, you do, don't do well on a test, or you have a messy interaction with a friend or a colleague, and you come home, and all you want to do is drink a couple of glasses of wine, and relax and watch Netflix. And I think that's a really valid experience, to be honest. And I think I don't want to discount that when discussing alcohol. Now, just because there are valid and very real reasons that people choose to drink for positive reasons, to socialize, to have fun because it tastes good, because you like the way it makes you feel, whatever, I can't ignore the fact that for some people, drinking alcohol can have very negative consequences, particularly if it's consumed in excess. And we know that about 50% of college students do report that they binge drink. And this definition is kind of funny because I think the social interpretation of binge drinking is a little bit different sometimes than the scientific definition, but I'll give it to you here. So binge drinking is defined as drinking between four and five alcoholic beverages or servings of alcohol in the span of a two-hour period. 
And this is actually divided up by biological sex. So they say that for biological females, this is four drinks in two hours. And for biological males, this is five drinks in two hours. Now, given what we know about the gender binary and the fact that people come in all shapes and sizes, I want to say that this rule is hard and fast in the science world, but not so black and white in reality. There are people, particularly people in larger bodies who are more experienced with alcohol who could probably drink that much and be relatively okay. And there are people who could probably get very, very drunk on two or three servings of alcohol. It's just the way our bodies work. When we're talking about the negative consequences of alcohol, I think something that pretty much immediately comes to most people's minds is thinking about drunk driving and car crashes caused by driving under the influence, and I think this is something that people in our generation, the 18 to 24, the current college student generation, tends to take this a little bit more seriously, and this is just my personal experience, kind of observing my generation and observing the way that we, as a community, as a generation, talk about alcohol and driving, but it feels like we tend to take it more seriously than maybe college students 10 or 20 years ago. And I think that's for the better. And I think that really placing an emphasis on not drinking and driving is something that can alleviate a lot of the dangers of alcohol. We know that in 2019, about 1,500 college students were killed as the result of alcohol. And most of those were because of car collisions or car crashes caused by drunk driving. That's a scary number of people. Another aspect of the negative consequences of alcohol is, of course, the incredibly real and sad danger that a lot of primarily women and also people in the LGBTQ community are, the incredible danger that these groups of people are in when they are in a situation where they've had too much alcohol to drink or the people around them have had too much alcohol to drink. We also know that college students who drink and get drunk are more likely to commit crimes like vandalism or property damage. And college students who drink are more likely to accidentally overdose on alcohol or to have an incident of alcohol poisoning, which I'll talk about in a minute. But all of that being said, there are several dangers to drinking in the short term and then also in the long term. Heavy alcohol drinking, heavy alcohol use or abuse can result in physical issues. There can be especially issues with your liver, but also it can just kind of everything, interrupt everything. Mental health, physical health, gastrointestinal health. There are so many challenges and long-term health consequences that can come from drinking a lot of alcohol over a long period of time. When it comes to college drinking culture, there's also this stigma or stereotype around the just huge amount of drinking. And in a lot of college social circles, it's considered very desirable to be able to tolerate, tolerate in air quotes, large amounts of alcohol or to drink very frequently with seemingly, again in air quotes, seemingly no ill effects. And I just, I was doing research for this episode and I came across a mantra that I feel like I haven't heard in years. And it's, it's not alcoholism until you graduate. And I was like, what? And it really made me think about how normalized drinking and heavy drinking and drinking at weird times and drinking excessive amounts is. It's so normalized in college. 
I want to talk about alcohol poisoning or alcohol overdose for a minute because I feel like this condition can sometimes fall into a gray area of college students thinking that this is a very normal thing that can happen when in reality it can be very dangerous. And I think a great example of this aspect of college drinking culture is when we think about getting blackout drunk or getting so drunk that you lose your memory. And when you wake up the next morning, you might not remember how you got back home. You might not remember what you did, what you said, who you were with, what happened. And in a lot of cases, people talk about blacking out as a sign that they had a great party and they had a great experience and this is an achievement. And in reality, this can be a symptom of alcohol poisoning. And other symptoms of alcohol poisoning can include confusion and inability to stay conscious or if someone's already unconscious and inability to wake this person up vomiting or having seizures and then getting into really the more dangerous aspects of alcohol poisoning thinking about people having really depressed breathing so they're breathing less than eight times a minute or they might be breathing really irregularly more than 10 seconds between taking a breath and people getting really clammy having cold skin and a very slow heart rate or pulse Again, like I said, some of these aspects of college drinking culture have normalized some of these symptoms of alcohol poisoning. And most of the time, college students are afraid to seek help for themselves or a friend if they feel that they're in danger because of alcohol, because they're afraid of getting in trouble. Because again, a lot of times college students are drinking before they turn 21, before they're legally able to drink. And I just want to say that... It is so, so important to remember that your physical health and the physical health and safety of the people around you is so much more important than getting in trouble with your school. And a lot of schools now have Good Samaritan policies where if you realize that someone you're with is too drunk and they aren't waking up or they're vomiting or they look really sick or something is wrong with them and they've been drinking, you can still call for help, and because you're calling in good faith, you're likely not going to get in trouble or get in very much trouble because of the alcohol part of it, because you called to help someone and get them life-saving medical treatment. And I really think that schools need to be more clear about these policies when they have them, and I think that schools need to even be a little bit more lenient, you know, because college students are drinking. And it's a fact and it's happening and making students afraid to reach out for help is not going to solve the problem at all i want to talk about a couple of party safety tips with you guys and we did discuss some of this in the safety tips from your mom friends episode again that i did with john back at the beginning of the year and i will link that episode below because i think it is a great episode but i wanted to talk about how you can approach drinking if you choose to do so more safely And I think the number one thing I can say is don't attend parties alone. Attend parties where you know and trust the people hosting the party and attend parties with people that you know and trust. I also want you to think about before you go to any party or any social event where there's going to be alcohol, think about to yourself, how drunk do I want to get tonight? Do I just want to feel warm? Do I want to be buzzed? Do I want to be drunk? Do I want to not remember what I did the night before when I wake up the next morning? And whatever you decide, 
that's your decision. And I am happy for you to make whatever decision is going to be right for you in the moment. But I want you to think about it and be very intentional about whatever decision you make. Before you go to the party, talk with your friends. Before you've started drinking, talk with your friends. Tell them how drunk you plan to get and ask them how drunk they plan to get. Ask them questions like if they want to go home with anybody or if they plan on having sex that night. And I know that's such a weird question sometimes, but it can really help because if you know that your friend has said they want to get really drunk but they don't want to go home with anybody, you know that you will be leaving that party with them and that if someone tries to say that your friend is going home with that person instead, you can say, no, she's coming home with me. I would also say at the party, make plans to check in with your friends and make plans to meet up all together before you leave to go home. And again, like I talked about before, drunk driving is such a real danger to college students and to everybody, not just college students. And so, again, if you cannot afford a safe, sober ride home, you probably can't afford to be drinking. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that alcohol can interact with medication sometimes, and I actually had an experience with this last year where I had just started a new medication. It was one of the first meds that I tried for my depression and my ADHD, and I'd been told by my primary health care provider that the medication could make me more sensitive to alcohol because a lot of medications can increase or decrease or change your sensitivity to alcohol. And he told me that and we talked about it, but I hadn't really given it a whole lot of thought because I didn't drink very often those days. I probably had at most two drinks in a month. I just wasn't drinking very much. But a couple of days after I started that medication, I happened to go out for dinner. This was in pre-COVID, so we were in a restaurant. Me and my husband went out for dinner and I got a mixed drink and I had maybe half of it. It wasn't a huge drink, but it was pretty strong. And again, I wasn't really thinking about it, but as I'd begun to have my drink, I realized I really wasn't feeling very good. And I realized that I was getting really drunk off of about half of a mixed drink because the medication I was on had increased my sensitivity to alcohol so much. And so once I kind of realized what was happening, I stopped drinking the drink and I drank water and I ate more food. But even when we were leaving the restaurant, I was like, dizzy and it was not fun and I had a hard time walking in a straight line and it was kind of scary. Even though I knew what was happening to me, it still was not fun. And again, luckily my husband was with me and he knew what was happening too and we kind of laughed about it later once I was feeling better because again, I didn't realize that that medication truly would make me so sensitive and I hadn't realized it would be such a big issue because I don't drink very often, but that's definitely something to keep in mind especially if you are somebody with a chronic illness or any kind of medical condition where you take over-the-counter or prescription medications regularly, you need to be aware of how those medications can interact with alcohol. Before we finish this episode, I do also want to address something that came up in a podcast that I did a few months ago where I spoke with Mandy, who is a social worker and who works primarily with college students, and she and I talked briefly in our podcast episode about pandemic grief We talked about the fact that since the pandemic began in March 2020, there have been a significant increase in alcohol-related health issues and in drug-related issues and in overdoses and people reaching out to substance abuse and addiction hotlines in the last year. 
more and more people are struggling with alcohol and substance use and abuse since the pandemic began. And again, like I said, the reason that we use substances like alcohol is because they're fun and they make us feel a certain way. And in the pandemic where you just really don't feel great at all most of the time, of course you want to feel a specific way. You don't want to feel crappy. And the danger with the pandemic, of course, like we talked about in that episode, is that because most people are more isolated, we don't have the social accountability of being with other people who are watching the way that we react to alcohol. You know, instead of drinking at a party with friends who can cut us off if we get a little too drunk, we're drinking alone where people aren't watching us. Or we're going out to parties where we may not know everybody there because the friends we usually go to parties with are in quarantine or don't want to go out. And I want to say that if you're somebody out there who has been struggling with alcohol use or substance use or abuse, that you are not alone and what you are feeling is very valid. And I'm going to leave some resources down below so that you can reach out and get the help and support that you need if that's something you think you need. This was kind of a heavy episode. I don't know if I can necessarily say I hope you enjoyed it, but I hope you learned something. I hope you learned something. I hope it challenged any existing beliefs that you have or had about alcohol or substance use. I hope this encourages you to make educated decisions about your alcohol use and whether or not you choose to drink. Again, whether or not you are legal to do so. And it is not my place to judge whether or not you are choosing to drink before you are 21. And it is not my place to judge how much you are choosing to drink and when and in what context. Obviously, I want all of my students here in the nation to be making the best, most educated, most beneficial decisions for their physical and emotional health. But I also recognize that everybody has different priorities. And for some people, their priority might be to get drunk. And I respect that. Editing Natalie here, I just wanted to add a few points to this episode that I realize I didn't really touch on before, and I really want to make sure they get in here because I think they're super important. Number one of which is that if you are at a party, particularly if you are a woman or someone who is gender non-binary, please, please, please do not ever leave your drink unattended. And if you have left a drink unattended for any period of time, and unattended means that you personally or someone you know and trust did not have eyes on your drink, you should not drink that drink. You should get a new drink. Also, this applies to letting people pour drinks for you. If you did not see the person make the drink, do not drink it. If you did not see them open the bottle or the can in front of you, do not drink it. And this is just part of the sad reality that people will slip roofies or other substances into your drink to potentially take advantage of you. And that's very dangerous and very scary, and so do not leave your drinks alone. I also want to say that in this episode, I did not really cover addiction very thoroughly, and that's because it's a mental health Diagnosis is an issue that I believe someone in the psychological space or in the chemical dependency care space could cover much more thoroughly than I could, and I don't want to talk about something that I'm not comfortably prepared to talk about. But I will say that addiction is unfortunately more common in college students than we realize, and especially because a lot of heavy drinking and unusual drinking behaviors have become very normalized in the college space, it's sometimes harder to recognize when someone has a substance use or abuse problem and when they just party really hard. 
And so I would encourage you to read the resources that I've left down below, do your own research, speak to your own healthcare team. And if you believe that someone you know might be struggling with substance use or abuse, it's okay to speak up. It's okay to talk to them. It's okay to talk to trusted adults about them. It's okay to worry about them. But I want to just make it clear that though I didn't really touch on addiction in this episode, it is a very serious issue that I do personally take very seriously. And so just wanted to leave that there for you. Leave me a comment below. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Leave me a five-star review and a rating on this podcast. If you are listening on a podcast platform, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I upload podcasts on Wednesdays and I upload YouTube videos on Saturdays. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation. Go check out my blog, feedthatnation.com. Check out my affiliate partner, Coconut Whisk. And until next time, my name is Natalie Nation, and I'll see you soon.